0: Your DIY, Health Radio, Your DIY, Health Radio, Your DIY,
1: Health Radio, Sergeant turn around that you can call me
0: health
2: Sarge radio. Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network and simulcasting on Spreaker. It is Tuesday, December 27th, 2022, uh, two days after Christmas. Hope everybody had a great holiday and uh, just got a little relaxing time in with friends and family and all that good stuff. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, here it was uh, uh, below zero, uh, cold, snowy and all kinds of funky stuff. But we didn't let that dampen our spirits had a great day and uh, recovering quite well. Thank you very much. (laughs) Anyway, this program is meant to provide natural healing information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I search for and present to my listeners natural modalities that simply assist and augment the body's ability to heal itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing is missing is the raw materials, and when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of information there. All the products we talk about are there, including the iTeraCare device, which is featured prominently at the top of the homepage. And uh, the new 2.0 version is now available. They have slightly redesigned it. I think uh, improved some things considerably. uh, Moved the switch and I hope improved the switch uh, because that was one of the biggest problems that we've seen most of the time. If there's an issue, it's the switch. So hopefully they got uh got that addressed with the new models. And of course the price went up. So now they are 350. Um I am considering I have a handful of the original 1.0 models that I am considering uh if someone just wants a wand and does not want to do the business aspect, um, I am thinking about uh selling these at a reduced price, uh just to um uh, get them out there and make it a little bit easier for folks to um, uh, obtain one. If, if all they want to do is get the wand and use it for their own personal use and not worry about the business aspect, then uh, we might make these available at a reduced price somewhere, um, somewhere around 300 325 something like that. I'll let you know. And if anyone is interested, you can send me an email through the contact me or just send it to Jim at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Jim at yourdiyhealth.com, and um, I will. Um, you know, basically, what I'm thinking about is U.S. only. But if it's if it's an out of, out of the country, uh, I can send them to Canada. But you're going to have to pay extra for shipping. Um, there's no way around that. but it will still end up being less than what you would have paid um cuz be- basically uh, before with the old ones uh, to Canada it would have been $385 It's 350 plus $35 extra in shipping so uh, we'll get it to you for less than that still um but we'll see how that works anyway um Keep in mind that uh, the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show are those the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the Eurofolk Radio Network or the Spreaker Network, uh, its owners or sponsors or the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say in the show should be, should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat or cure any kind of a health or wealth issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only. So that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping off point to do your own research and due diligence to make sure. Did I say you're a folk? I'm sorry. It's TFR. <laughs> I'm, I don't know why I haven't been on there since beginning September. And for some reason, it's still stuck in my head. Thank you, Alan. I appreciate the heads up. And again, yeah, it's the Truth Frequency Radio Network. And um, anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jumping off point to do your own research and due diligence to make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. There we go. And also, while you're on the site, be sure and hit the radio shows tab. At the top of the page, you'll see the link to the archive page set up through castbox.fm. And if you scroll down a little further, you'll see the information about the shows we do, when they're on, and how you listen. And at the bottom of the page is the link to the Facebook page set up for the show, as well as the Telegram channel. So that having been said, uh, let me just uh, clean some stuff up here on the screen. Uh, and, man, I can't believe this year is almost over. Whew. It's getting crazier and crazier all the time. But um, I thought it might be interesting today, starting out, to talk about fear. Yeah, that's right, fear, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real, or face everything and rise. Um. Those are the two I like to think of, uh, when I think of fear, because fear is as they say, nothing to fear, but fear itself. Um, and again, false evidence appearing real. Um, there is no reason to be afraid of things, you know, either you can deal with it or you can't, but if you have fear in your mind and your heart, you're going to have a hard time dealing with anything. And that's what the powers that be know and they know it only too well. And as a result, they utilize that on a regular basis because it works so well. Think about it, you know, all the ads on TV, There's, they're selling you drugs, you know, I'm talking about the pharmaceutical ads, and of course, you know, the US and New Zealand are the only two companies in the world that allow direct consumer advertising by drug companies. Why is that? Well, I'm not sure why it is in New Zealand, But it's because here in the U.S. is because the drug companies are huge. They are billions and billions of dollars spent yearly or annually on advertising. They're the largest um, spender for television and radio advertising outside of election years. Um, Nobody spends more money than drug companies. And as a result, nobody spends more money lobbying in Capitol Hill and the state houses than do the drug companies. So they pretty much own the legislatures of this country trying to get a bill passed in this time, this day and age that would prohibit direct to consumer marketing. My daddy used to say, wish in one hand and poop in the other and see which one fills up first. And he didn't use the word poop. (laughs) But (coughs) anyway, apologies, I didn't have my hand on the cough button. Um, They do it because they can. They're out there watching, you know, putting all this stuff on the air, scaring people. Look at the HPV ads. You know, they're they're giving you a toxic chemical solution because you're scared to death that your child may end up with um, human papillomavirus, a type of, you know, potential that could possibly lead to cancer, which is absolute baloney. The thing doesn't protect. They are one of the... Uh, before the before the COVID jabs, the HPV uh, jabs were the absolute deadliest and most disgusting, most harmful jabs out there. Uh, with the exception of maybe some of the uh, early um, smallpox ones, but uh, present day stuff, HPV is one of the nastiest things—not the—not the illness, but the shot. <laughs> one of the nastiest things you could give yourself, and. They still have not only females, but males taking these things. It's unbelievable. And I didn't get a chance to listen to it before the show, but I think it's, uh, will probably paint a picture. I've got a, uh, compilation of, um, prescription drug advertisements, and I'm just going to play this and see if it gives you an idea, um, It says says it's raising awareness to the dangers of prescription drug abuse. Uh, If you have leftover excess medication, safety, how to dispose. I don't know if this is going to do a good job or not. And if it's not, I'll stop it ahead of time. But uh, like I said, I didn't get a chance to listen to it. I just caught it right before the show. But let's listen a little bit here and see what we see. What America sees every day: prescription drug abuse is on the rise. Abilify.
0: Five cents with Advair. Crestor. Cymbalta. Ambrol. Humera. Intermezzo. Lavamir Flexpen. Lyrica. ADHD. My depression. COPD. But your erectile
1: dysfunction. Bad cholesterol.
0: Depression, moderate to severe flax psoriasis. Middle of the night insomnia.
1: High blood sugar in adults and children with diabetes.
0: Fibromyalgia, chronic widespread pain. It's not for everyone.
1: Preston is not for everyone. Not work
0: for everyone. Not eh? for everyone. Ask your dermatologist. Call your doctor. Talk to your doctor. Ask your doctor. Ask your doctor. That's between you and your doctor. Talk with your doctor. Ask your doctor. Ask your doctor. Ask your doctor. Call your doctor right away. If you have nausea, dry mouth, and constipation, dizziness or fainting may occur upon standing. Low blood sugar,
1: which may cause symptoms
0: such as sweating, shakiness, confusion, and headache. Changes in mood, behavior, or thoughts. Decreased appetite trouble sleeping, dry mouth, diarrhea, and nausea. It's muscle pain or weakness,
1: as they may be a sign of serious side effects.
0: Some risk of dependency. Driving, eating, or engaging in other activities while not fully awake without remembering the event the next day have been reported. Common side effects are dizziness, sleepiness, weight gain, and swelling of hands, legs, and feet. Abdominal pain and yellowing of the skin or eyes. New or worsening depression or unusual changes in mood or behavior. If your depression worsens or if you have unusual changes in behavior or thoughts of suicide, you have a higher chance of pneumonia. Tell your doctor if you're prone to infections, have cuts or sores, have had hepatitis B, have been treated for heart failure, or if you have symptoms such as as persistent fever bruising bleeding or paleness seizures Blurred vision and ticks lower your ability to fight infections. A sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision. And discuss whether you've been to a region where certain fungal infections are common. Increase your risk of osteoporosis and some eye problems. Or if you have high fever, confusion, and stiff muscles, to address a possible life-threatening condition. Those who have had a drug or alcohol problem may be more likely to misuse Lyrica.
1: Any allergic reactions such as rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing.
0: Aggressiveness, agitation, hallucinations, or confusion. If your depression worsens, you have unusual changes behavior or thoughts of suicide. Decreases in white blood cells, which can be serious. Dizziness upon standing, seizures, trouble swallowing, and impaired judgment or motor skills. Or swelling, trouble breathing, rash, hives, blisters, changes in eyesight, including blurry vision, muscle pain with fever or tired feeling.
1: Headache, upset stomach, delayed backache or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, seek immediate medical help for an erection lasting more than four hours. Serious allergic reactions
0: such as body rash, trouble with breathing, fast heartbeat or sweating. Chest pain shortness of breath, or fainting. New or worsening mental illness has also occurred while taking stimulant. Lower your ability to fight infections, including tuberculosis. Or if you have uncontrollable muscle movements, as these could become permanent. High blood sugar. Taking it with NSAID pain relievers, aspirin, or blood thinners may increase bleeding risk. Severe liver problems, some fatal, were reported. Of high fever, stiff muscles, and confusion to address a possible life-threatening condition. Allergic reactions, such as shortness of breath or swelling of your tongue or throat, may occur and may be fatal. Worsening of depression, including risk of suicide, may occur. They may cause serious allergic reactions or suicidal thoughts or actions. In some cases, extreme high blood sugar can lead to coma or death. Sudden death, stroke, heart attack, and high blood pressure were seen in adults taking stimulants like
2: Vyvanse. Elderly. Okay, We're going to stop it there. Sudden death, <laughs> stroke, high, extreme high blood pressure. You know, that's the the thing. (laughs) They first scare you with whatever condition you're afraid that you might have. And then they present their solution, the drug that has side effects of death, stroke, (laughs) and so many other things. And people still, it's like they they hear the, the first two parts. They hear the scary part where you've got this nasty thing and you need to do something about it and ask your doctor. But they never seem to hear all the side effects, death, stroke, <laughs> and all the other things. Many times because the uh, person reading those things is reading at 99 miles an hour. And it just sort of you know floats through your head. You just automatically dismiss all the things. It's just like when you sign up for a piece of software and you click, you agree, but you never read it. (laughs) Who knows what you're agreeing to, but it's usually not good. Um, But then when that drug doesn't work, they come up with another one, especially in the depression area. How many times, if your antidepressant isn't working, try this one? If it isn't working, why should you be trying another one that's not going to work either? Especially when depression is a nutritional deficiency situation, as are virtually all the other things. You know, the thing, all these uh, so called solutions, which are nothing more than a drug that poisons biochemical pathways in your body and uh, never fixes anything, only. Uh, depresses symptoms and usually depresses the person taking them as well, but they suppress symptomology and they have a boatload of negative side effects that come along with them. And you have to take one of these drugs or more for each condition you're dealing with. Doesn't it make more sense just to give yourself a broad spectrum nutritional approach where, regardless of what the problem is, simply giving your body the 90 essential nutrients appropriate for your body weight and maybe a couple of add on things. uh, If you're dealing with like um, bone and joint issues or uh, blood sugar issues or something like that, a couple of natural things that don't have any negative side effects, but not only will they help with your, you know, high blood pressure, but they can also help with other things like macular degeneration or arthritis or who knows what else, you know, without any negative side effects like death or stroke. (laughs) As a matter of fact, they will prevent death and stroke in many cases. One of the lawsuits that Dr. Wallach filed against the FDA was to be able to make the qualified health claim that supplementing with essential fatty acids will virtually eliminate the risk of stroke yeah, why not take things that get rid of problems instead of cause more problems? But, you know, we don't have billions of dollars to sink into television ads every year to educate the public. We have to do it by word of mouth, one person at a time. And, or if we're lucky, even more people listening to this show, they get a little bit bigger dose. But um the the effect that the billions of dollars spent every year by these drug companies to literally scare the crap out of people. And like I said, this is just with prescription drugs. Then when they really want to boost in their, uh, their bottom line, they roll out something like SARS cov 2 or COVID-19 and lots and lots and lots of toxic bioweapons that they call, vaccines they kill more people than the alleged illness and makes billions of dollars more for those same companies with zero liability for all the death and mayhem they cause. Good work. If you can get it, unlike having your uh, hand around the throat of government. So they basically give you whatever you want. And on top of that, pay you tons and tons of money and give you complete and total protection against liability for all the death and mayhem you're going to cause. What better deal can you get? That's why vaccines, allegedly vaccines, are so lucrative because the drug companies don't get uh, immunity for the death and mayhem caused by their drugs they have to build that in you know take uh, viox for example viox killed thousands and thousands and thousands of people and the fda never pulled it from the market the company that made viox pulled it from the market when it was costing them more in lawsuits for wrongful death and whatever than they had built into their plan Every time they come out with a drug, they figure so much for lawsuits for people that's going to kill and injure. And if it exceeds that, they'll pull the drug from the market. And that's what happened with Vioxx and others, too. Um, They just look at it as the cost of doing business. They know when a drug comes out, it's going to kill so many people. They do those studies before they even roll it out. And they just figure the cost in, which everybody that buys the drug is paying for, and the insurance companies and all that. When they buy those things, a certain amount of that money goes right into the kitty that is used to pay the wrongful death lawsuits and, and all the settlements and everything else. But if that kitty gets dried up because too many suits are being filed, then they say, well, we underestimated time to take that one off the market. It's costing more than it's making us. And uh, we'll have to switch to some other lethal drug. But that's what they do on a daily basis. But when it comes to these uh, toxic jabs, as long as it either has emergency use authorization or it is finally put on, if it's given complete uh, authorization, then it is, they get it put on the, day, the childhood uh, vaccine schedule. And they go from one situation of immunity to another. The last thing they want is to have their butts hanging out there with no immunity with these things because they are the biggest killers of all. Not to mention the biggest, uh, causation of maiming and, you know, you know, it's, it's one thing to drop dead instantly from a shot. It's another thing to be injured for life. And have a situation where now somebody has got to pay for all the treatment that you're going to get for the rest of your life, and of course the treatment comes from where (laughs) the same people that gave you the recommended the shot in the first place. Hmm. How's that work? Because they get immunity too. Yeah, if your doctor recommends this vaccine and it's on this, it's a, it's either EUA or it's on the the childhood vaccine excuse me, childhood vaccine schedule, they, along with the manufacturer, also have immunity. So they can shoot kids up with this stuff all the time, or adults, and kills them and maims them and whatnot, and they just keep raking in that money and sleep well at night because they've provided the best health care money can buy in their minds. It's not healthcare. And it's not the best by any stretch of the imagination, but it's all done through fear. How many people would be lining up for these jabs and how many people would be asking their doctor if it's right for you? If they weren't first afraid of whatever it is that this drug or injection is supposed to prevent or mitigate, not cure, (laughs) but, you know, that kind of thing. How many people would line up for that stuff? Not many. It's all through fear. Fear and food. Those are the two main things that those who would rule the world utilize to control the masses. You know, it reminds me of a, um, if I can find it here. I have to remember which one it is. (laughs) Uh, How do I do that? There we go. Um Hmm It is not that one. Must be the next one. Ah, here we go.
1: It stood up to me. Yeah, but we can forget about him. <laughs> yeah, it was just one ad. <laughs> <one ass. laughs> Uh, Yeah, you're right. It's just one ant. Yeah, boys, they're puny. Hmm, puny? Say, let's pretend this grain is a
0: puny little ant. Did that hurt? (laughs) Nope. Well, how about this one? Are you kidding? (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: how about this?
2: Yeah, there you have it. And that works not only just in drug companies, but uh, government, you know. Look like uh, what happened when people were standing up against the uh, face diapers and the uh, socialist distancing, the mandatory injections. First, they try and scare you to death. Oh, if you don't do this, people are going to get sick. You need to do it to help your neighbor. And, of course, the generally dumb public, the masses, buy into it. And, of course, everybody wants to be on the winning team, which is one of the reasons they always you know, keep playing the sports. you got got football, basketball, baseball, and all the rest. It's programming people to want to be on the winning side. And if you're on the side of government, generally you're on the winning side. And everybody else is the bad guy. And they look down their noses at you, even though they're idiots and have done no research whatsoever to uh, back up what they're doing. They just automatically believe what they're told by government, by the medical uh, cartels and everybody else and go along with things. And you end up with a situation where the one or two that stand up get stomped down rather quickly to keep the rest of those ants in line. And that's one of the reasons they don't have complete and total control over us as of yet, because there are so many people in this country that still have firearms. And that's it for this segment. We'll be back in three minutes. We'll continue on. Stick with us. We'll be right back.
1: Money, the green, green stuff. Pharmaceutical drug guys just can't get enough They don't care if you live or you die Long as they get their piece of pie Mmm, my, my, my They convinced you it's the right drug for you But they didn't tell you what your liver goes through And just because some MD said jump Became a toxic
2: and welcome back to the second segment of today's edition of your DIY health here on the truth frequency radio network. And uh, before the break, we were talking about fear and how it's used to control the masses. And uh, it's, it's all you got to do is take a look back at the last couple of years and you can see exactly what I'm talking about. They, 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 Bring up or drudge up this idea of a little teeny bug, little thing that you can't see, and tell everybody that it's going to get you. It's deadly. And even though shows like this one we're putting out from the very beginning that it has a ninety nine point seven percent survival rate. That didn't seem to uh, get through the masses at all. All they heard was what they were hearing from the talking heads on lamestream media about how this thing was so deadly and going to kill millions and millions of people. And the only way it could be stopped is first through socialist distancing and face diapers. And uh, but of course, there's no uh, early treatment for it. No, we got to let it build up until it gets really bad. And so we can increase the death numbers. And then of course, what is what's the saving thing? Operation warp speed dun, 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 dun. and a vaccine, not just one, but three or four, you know, here in the U S we got, uh, Johnson and Johnson, Moderna, um, Pfizer, and then overseas you got uh, along with those, you've got, um, AstraZeneca and there may have been a few others, but those were the top, uh, challengers for the, uh, you know, the, the, the award for killing the most people. But the whole thing was based on fear. This thing's going to get you if you don't do this. If you don't follow our instructions, you know, don't be locked down. Stay in your house, you know, where <laughs> people get sicker and sicker all the time because there's no airflow and all that kind of junk. And But there's no proof that there was any kind of a so-called virus in the first place. Not only for this, but for any illness in the history of mankind. No proof whatsoever that any so-called bug, bacteria, virus, whatever, has ever made anybody sick. And so much so that during, uh, back in 1918, during the swine flu garbage or the Spanish flu, they proved their... Well, you want to say basically in an attempt to prove that this thing, this little bug would make people sick. They actually disproved it. They tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and tried. And and no matter what they did, taking the snot out of people's noses and injecting it into healthy people and having sick people breathe and cough into the faces of healthy people, uh, injecting blood from sick people into healthy people No matter what they did, none of the healthy people ever got sick. And the same thing was done with animals. You know, got to check animals because there's no placebo effect with animals, you know, just the reverse. And they did it with horses and whatnot. And uh, they take a sick horse and put a bag over his face and they cough into it. And then they take that bag and put it over the face of a healthy horse. Healthy horse never got sick. And no matter what they say, there's no proof whatsoever that any vaccine has ever helped anyone stay healthy. Much the same, you know, the opposite is true. But uh, you can't prove a negative. And when you give somebody a jab just because they don't get the disease that the so-called jab is designed to protect against, it doesn't mean that the jab had anything to do with the person not getting sick. But that's what the doctors, that's what the medical people will tell you because contrary to what they believe or say, they don't follow the science. If the medical community followed science, no one would ever wear a face mask, even in surgery, because there's no reason for it. Face masks always make people sick and they don't keep anybody from getting sick. Uh, let's see, Ellen says, book called Matrix 3, Volume 2 by Vladimir Valerian has a chapter that explains that no vaccine has ever helped any, oops, it just scrolled up into an area where I can't see it, anyone. <laughs> that book was published in 1994. Yeah, there's tons of them out there. Um, one that I'm reading right now is excellent. And um, I'm just bringing up the uh, my Kindle thing here so I get the exact name. Um, goodbye germ theory ending a century of medical fraud and how to protect your family by Dr. William P Trebbing, T R E B I N G excellent book. It's available on Kindle. It's available, I think by audio and it's available in hard copy. And I have two of the three, um, and they basically prove without a doubt in this book, um, the the BS of vaccines. Um, let me see here. Me go back to the very beginning here. Do 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 do. Um. Hmm. Let's see if I can find. Oh, apparently it doesn't have a table of contents in here. Well, maybe they do. Let me see here. There we go. Um. Hmm. Disclaimer, let's see. In fact, in a hurry, educate your pediatrician, forward prologue. Hmm, that's kind of weird. You don't have a uh, table of contents or index. Uh, Wait a minute, historical chicanery. Uh, Who's afraid of the big bad flu? (laughs) Sun and death syndrome. Well, shoot. Can't find what I was looking for, unfortunately. But um, in that book, they cover all the history of the so-called, you know, from Edward Jenner on and prove the, disprove the theory that, you know, he came up with that bugs make you sick and um, look at Beauchamp's uh, theory, which is more along the terrain area where it's not vaccinating the fish, it's cleaning up the fish tank, uh, so to speak. And it makes far more sense. And they have, you know, there are so so many different sources out there, uh, one of which that, uh, thank you, uh, Unplug for turning me on to them, is uh, Space Busters. If you go to either, I think BitChute has them and, uh, and Rumble, uh, if you look for Space Busters, you'll find all kinds of uh, videos that they have done. Uh, one of my favorites is called um, The End of the Germ Theory. And it's about two and a half hours long, but they go through all kinds of stuff, discussing um, how they have tried and tried and tried and tried to prove the germ theory. You know that germs make you sick, and they've never been able to do it. And the way I liken it is, the MD community thinks they they uh, like a, like a child gets sick, and they do a they do a swab of his throat and find, oh, there's all kinds of strep bacteria here. So your child has strep throat. The bacteria is causing the problem. But the funny thing is, is they never do a swab of, the, of a healthy kid that's not, say, they have a sore throat and all this junk. If they did, they would more than likely find the same levels of that same bacteria in the healthy kid. So wait a minute. If they did that, they found it's there in the sick and the healthy how can you say that it makes you sick if the healthy kid's got it and he's not sick? Hmm. That's why they don't check the healthy kids <laughs> because it'll shoot a hole in their theory. It's those things are always there because bacteria have a job to do in the body, and that's clean up the environment. They go along and eat dead cells and stuff, which are referred to as viruses. <laughs> And, uh, or exosomes, they eat those things and basically clean things up. They're not there to make you sick. They're there to keep you well. And that's the, the way I liken it is, uh, the same kind of person that thinks germs make you sick would look at a fire scene, you know, m- numerous fire scenes. And every time they see a fire scene, they see firemen running around. Therefore the firemen caused the fire. Or maybe the firemen are there to put the fire out, which is what we know takes place. Usually there are some situations where firemen are a little pyromaniacs and they start a fire just so they can go be a hero and put it out. But, you know. In in most cases, the firemen are doing the right job. They're putting fires out that somebody else started or were accidental. But that's the, you know, the medical community presents it as there is only one possible explanation for all these little uh, bacteria to be running around and they must be making you sick. But wait a minute. Maybe they're, there cleaning up the mess. Maybe they're always there. You have to look for them in times other than when someone is sick and you might see a different picture. There's something to think about. You know, next time you go to the doctor and have a, 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 a strep swab done, ask, have you ever done this on somebody who didn't complain of being sick and having a sore throat? And if they say no, I say, why not? You know, maybe those things are there when the person's healthy too, or not sick anyway, not presenting with symptoms. You know, most people are never healthy. They're just symptom-free. But that's another show. But the thing is that people will you know get scared, oh, you've got strep throat sounds like a terrible thing. You must take these antibiotics for x number of days, don't miss a one or you they could come back on you. so you're killing the very bacteria that are there trying to clean things up. Gee, theres a good idea or when you've got a fever, you know now I'm not talking about super high like one hundred and six seven whatnot, but you know. 102, 103, there's there's a reason the body will have a fever. It's to help fix you. And, of course, the doctors will give you stuff to reduce your fever. Why? Well, when you figure doctors are in business to make money, not to make you healthy, if they give you a fever reducer, then there's a good chance that the illness will continue longer. And they'll make more money. Hmm. (laughs) Never thought of that, huh? (laughs) But in the same time, they'll say, oh, if that fever gets too high, it could be dangerous. So we must reduce it now. Fear. It's always fear. You're diagnosed with cancer. Doctor says, if you don't do exactly what I say, you're going to die. And in fact, if you do exactly what they say, you probably will die because everything they do with cancer is wrong. <laughs> it's insanity. You know, and that's why I keep saying anybody who goes to an MD for anything other than a trauma case is taking the wrong dog to the hunt. Because virtually everything else is caused by nutritional deficiency, including cancer. And if you put the nutrients back, the body knows what to do and it fixes itself. I've seen it over and over and over and over again. Had a lady sign up in my downline years ago who, when she came to us, she had cervical cancer. And a month later, after taking the supplements and getting rid of the bad foods, guess what? She didn't have cervical cancer anymore. Now, I'm not saying that this stuff cured her. What I'm saying is when you get rid of the bad things and put in the good things, the stuff that the body's designed to function with, it knows what to do and it will fix itself. And that's exactly what's going on. And. It happens over and over and over and over people, the MDs deny the wisdom. Of the human body, the human body's ability to fix itself, if given half a chance. On the other hand, the MDs, their ability to kill you, given half a chance. They will. Go to my website, yourdiyhealth.com, click on the support info tab, and at the very top of the page, you'll see death by medicine. And it's an old document, the numbers are much more increased at this point, um, but it's a document that shows that the number one cause of death in the U.S. and most industrialized countries are MD-directed medical treatments. <laughs> and now cancer's even separated out because it's got its own thing, <laughs> uh, its own category now. Because it kills, you know, not the cancer itself, but the cancer treatments kill so many people. Yeah. Why on earth would you give somebody poison to get rid of cancer, that will more than likely kill the patient before it kills the cancer. That's the common uh, wisdom of the M.D.s in this day and age. Now remember, these are the same people that brought you leeches and bleeding. You know, they killed uh, President Washington. Old George had a, had basically a fever, you know, probably seasonal flu. And the wisdom of the MDs at the time, we must bleed all the bad humors out of him. And they bled him so much that he didn't have enough blood left to carry on his life. They killed him. And the MDs just trade one stupid thing for another. You know, assuming that a tumor is the cancer when it's nothing more than a symptom. The cancer is a systemic problem throughout the body. And it manifests itself in a little tumor. Oh, we cut out the tumor. We got rid of it. You're good to go. Everything is safe. And in two to five years, everything is worse than it ever had been and probably kill you. Because they don't have a clue. And they'll cut it out. They'll, you know, poison it. They'll radiate it. You know, radiation. Again. If you get too much radiation, what happens? You die. <laughs> you know, when they drop a nuke, you know, the people that uh, die instantly because they're right on ground zero, you know, that's that's one type of death from a nuke, but then there's another. And that's the long-term effect of people who get radiation poisoning and ultimately die from the radiation. People that work in nuclear facilities have to wear the little dosimeters that, you know, will absorb so much radiation and they have to have it checked every day because if they get too much and too little time, it'll kill them. But we're going to radiate your cancer. Mm. (laughs) I don't think so. But they scare you into taking these things. There's no other options. And the thing is, is people have been been bombarded for years and years and years through, you know, their doctors and lamestream media playing all these ads all the time that they have no clue that there are other things you can do, other holistic, natural things you can do to take care of your body and heal it without all the negative side effects. Oh, that's all quackery. <laughs> yeah. The real quacks are the ones that are running around calling everybody else quacks. What is quackery? It's giving unsolicited or unsubstantiated medical advice for profit. So, Journal of Clinical Oncology in 2004 put out a paper saying that for adult-onset cancers, survival rate with chemotherapy Plus is is basically 97% ineffective with a margin of error of plus or minus 3%. <laughs> so basically chemotherapy is pretty much a hundred percent ineffective and it kills the patient before it kills the cancer. And they've known this for 18 years now. They've known it longer than that, but you know, it's been in writing for 18 years, but yet, Chemotherapy is still used as one of the first things that EMDs go to when someone's diagnosed with cancer. Why would that be? Because they make billions and billions and billions of dollars every year using this worthless treatment on people that have been programmed all their life to believe that we must do what the doctor says. Doctor's orders. If we don't do what he says, we're going to die. Hmm. Well, that same book I was reading, Goodbye Germ Theory, they have uh, substantiation in there from studies that were done saying that if you do what your doctor says when you have cancer, you have roughly, you may survive five years if you're lucky. But if you have the same kind of cancer diagnosis and you ignore your doctor and do absolutely nothing, you could live 12 years. Hmm. I don't know where, you know, if you're in a new math, but in my line of thinking 12 years is life is better than 5. <laughs> but they will try and scare you into accepting what they're saying so that they make money, not so they can save your life. If they were truly concerned about saving lives, they would be looking into things other than Chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery, because those things don't work. If they really want to increase their averages, they would look into things like uh, nutrition. Virtually every person who's diagnosed with cancer, who gets rid of the bad foods and gets on the right nutrition, has their cancer go away if they catch it in time. And only God in the body knows when that is. You know, when the doctors tell you go home, you're gonna you're gonna die within sixty days or ninety days. And people go home, they get off off the bad foods and get on the nutrition. And in that same period where they were supposed to die, they're still alive and for years and years and years beyond that, cancer free. So the body is amazing. You know, even after the doctors tell you there's nothing more they can do to you, I mean for you. Uh the body still has the ability to reverse things if you give it what it needs and stop taking in the bad stuff. So give the body a chance. But truly, if MDs were honestly concerned about their patients rather than their bottom line, they would scrap everything that they commonly use for cancer treatments. And they would start finding out what some of these alternatives the gerson therapy and nutrition and you know there's so many different things out there c60 phenomenal stuff i know of one person who had uh, uterine cancer uh, and she was of the um uh, indigenous american population i won't say native american because most of those folks consider that to be derogatory but anyway, this lady was uh, of a tribe who was you know, here for years and years and years before white men. And all she did was C60 and a sweat lodge. And her uterine cancer went away. Don't know what fixed it, but that's all she did, according to her. And it went away. Hmm. And if she had done chemo and radiation and surgery, chances are she would be missing body parts and probably dead right now. Because this was several years ago. But people have to think outside the box and stop being so scared. If you don't want to be scared, number one, take precautions so that you don't have to worry about the stuff. Boost your immune system. Get off the bad foods. Give your body the things it needs to stay healthy. And you won't have to worry about getting sick in the first place. That's the best treatment you could possibly do support the body ahead of time so it stays healthy. And then you don't have to worry about being diagnosed with some big, bad, nasty illness, and then have to have some idiot doctor telling you, if you don't do what I say, you're going to die. Or worse yet, having your child diagnosed with those things. And if you don't do as I say, I'm going to turn you into CPS. And that's why I always say, have your, have your baby at home, don't get a birth certificate, don't get a social security number, fly under the radar until they're 18, and during that time you teach them how to live as a free American, and they can decide when they turn 18 if they want to opt into the social slavery system or not. But without, number one, no marriage license, number two, no birth certificate, the state has no control over your children. They may try and force it, but you know, you've got the upper hand at that point because they're not part of that contract. Notation of the Bible in your, in your family Bible of the marriage and then the birth of the children. That's still a legal document. And, uh, stand your ground. But, uh, that way, you can keep your kids healthy, wealthy, and wiser. <laughs> but anyway, there we are. We're just about uh, 60 seconds to the next break. But um, don't be afraid. There's, you know, what the, the news media, the American Murder Association, governments, they control people through fear. And now they're going to be very soon controlling people with food. Now, you notice all the different uh, things have been happening to food supply sources, uh, uh, everything else. They're trying to shut down the food supply. So the only place to get it would be from the government. And then they've got total control. But uh, again, you have to prepare ahead of time. If you do that, you don't have to worry about the fear and all the other things they're doing to control you. So uh, keep those things in mind, and uh, when we get back from the break, who knows where we'll go? (laughs) But don't be afraid. And with that, uh, the music's going to start here in a few seconds. We'll be back in three minutes at the top of the hour with more Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. We'll be right back.
0: Your DIY, Health Radio, Your are i DIY, Health Radio, Your are I DIY, Health Radio. Sergeant Jim Graham, if you can call me health Sarge. Radio.
2: Welcome back to the second hour of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram retired. You can call me Sarge. And uh, one of the things that I uh, hadn't mentioned, and I thank uh, the guys in the chat room for reminding me, is one of the big problems with the current system is so-called health insurance. It's unfricking real. <laughs> you know, people... I always ask, you know, I hear people asking things, you know, I talk about um, when I talk to people about nutrition or the care device and different things. One of the first things out of their mouth is, is it FDA approved? <laughs> and second, will insurance cover it? And in both cases, it's no, because the FDA only approves what kills you and insurance only pays for what kills you. They are not going to pay for something that will extend your life, that will make them have to pay longer, <laughs> potentially, and <coughs> doesn't make tons of money for the medical community or big pharma. And when they came up, you know, one of the worst things ever happened is real health care is life, is insurance, is medical insurance. Because now you have somebody else sitting somewhere that you don't know, that doesn't know you making decisions about what so much, so, you know, some treatment is worth and whether they're going to pay for it in your case. And it's never, like I said, it, it will only pay for what the MDs want to do to you. Not what a naturopath or a, uh, acupuncturist or any of the others, you know, the fact that, uh, insurance even covers chiropractic care is surprising to me, but they've got a, They've got a bigger foot in the door, but, uh, anything else that's truly holistic and doesn't use witchcraft and sorcery as their primary, um, mode of treatment ain't going to be covered. You know, I would love to have Dr. Peter Glidden as my personal physician. And when I go to him and he says, you know, take uh, two healthy start packs per month and two 240 count bottles of glucogel and whatever else. And I say, okay, and then submit the receipts to my insurance company and have them pay not only for his uh, uh, session with him, but for the supplements as well. They pay for pharmaceutical drugs. Why won't they pay for my supplements? It's my choice as to what I put into my body. And therein lies the problem. If someone wants to do things that will extend their life, they're pretty much on their own. If someone follows the advice of a mad dog or a medical deity who says, take this drug or have this surgery, insurance says, no problem, because it's all part of the system. You know, it's professional courtesy among criminals. Anybody outside the system who truly has your best interest at heart and is truly trying to see that you regain your health as opposed to just have symptoms masked. Oh, (laughs) no, we can't. We're not supporting those people. Because the whole goal, as you can see from what's going on with Bill Gates and his jabs and trying to reduce population is just that population reduction. They seem to think there's way too many people on this earth. And instead of volunteering to be the ones to leave first, although we're the intelligentsia, we have to stick around and run things and make sure everything goes smoothly. We have to get rid of the useless eaters and all these conspiracy theorists who think that natural health is better than drugs. Yeah. And that's where you're at. And you've signed into that system by getting a job and having health insurance and using health insurance instead of, you know, paying out of your own pocket for things that truly work. And then when you turn 65, (laughs) you're all but screwed, blue tattooed and everything else. You know, I just turned 65 and found out that If I wanted to get health insurance, I couldn't. You're forced, literally forced into Medicare and short of either having a religious exemption from it or not having a social security number because you got to have a number to get Medicare. But if you don't, then good luck trying to find something else. I tried talking to a one of these Christian health share programs. The only one I could find that would actually give you coverage after 65. And even they can't help you because you have to, their system sets up a bank account for you. And you gotta have a social security number to get the bank account. <laughs> Technically you don't, but there's another argument to be a pain in the butt to try and you know fight with these people. It's absolute insanity what's being forced you're, you're forced into, and then of course when you're 65 and all you can do is have Medicare, well guess what, they only provide services from people that are going to kill you. It's end of life type stuff. It's not supporting your life. Last thing they want to do is take somebody who's 65 and make them live to be 80 or 90 or 100. No, we got to get them out of the system as soon as possible, so we can stop paying retirement and Social Security and all this other stuff. Yeah, that's the way the system's designed. Up in Canada, they're just yeah, we'll give you this and this and this, and then at this age, you have to just sign up for euthanasia, assisted suicide. Hey, there you go. It's all about getting rid of people. But yeah, it's, it's nuts. The whole thing is a scam. And right now I'm without any kind of medical coverage. Yeah. Um, I let my uh, stuff lapse with the pension board years ago, and then they stopped providing it. And now, unless you have some, they call it a qualified life experience, where you then become eligible to get coverage again. And if you don't have one of those things, you're screwed makes no sense whatsoever. You know, I paid into the system, and I should be able to get it out anytime I want it. But it don't work that way. The whole thing is geared towards getting people dead. (laughs) And the way I look at it at this point, if I, you know, the only thing, you know, the nice thing is, you know, Medicare would cover um, trauma cases. If I get hit by a bus or shot or something like that. You know, I end up in the hospital. That's what Medicare would cover. Um, all the other stuff, the Part B and all the other things is the crap that I don't really want. You know, doctor's offices and insurance, you know, uh, drugs and treatment for that kind of stuff because I'll never go there. So Medicare, I guess, in and of itself is not bad because it covers the things that I would actually use an MD for. But. And, and the nice thing is, is it's supposedly it's free. <laughs> yeah, Right. And um, whether I'll be able to get it or not, I don't know. We'll have to see. But the thing is, is try getting something other than that. It's next to impossible. And even if you can, it won't be free. You're going to pay an arm and a leg for it. And they're still only going to cover MDs. So at this point, the way I look at it, if I end up in the hospital, no habla. They can pay, If they can give free coverage to every single person that comes across the border illegally, then by golly, they can – I'll just put it this way. I ain't paying for it. And the thing is, is insurance and drugs are two of the things that have ca- driven the cost of healthcare care sky high. You know, I was following uh, – I follow some people who are – they call it cruisers. They're basically people sailing around the world. And um this one couple, her family is, uh, well, a couple of weeks ago, they were in uh, Saudi Arabia, I believe it was. And the wife' mother had um, some dental issues. She needed a you know, a root canal. and a root canal here in the US, even after insurance. I mean the last one I had, I think I paid like1,400 dollars for after insurance. It cost all of, I think, $85 US for her to just pay for a root canal in Saudi Arabia. And that's the same thing these people experience no matter where they're at outside the US. Healthcare is, you know, or medical treatment (laughs) is extremely inexpensive. You know, just, you know, total levels of magnitude way below where... We are in this country because of all the fancy dancy whiz bang, uh, electronics, the cat scans, the, you know, ev- all the fancy junk that they, you know, build into the system. And of course, you know, you got to have, uh, the top doctors got to get paid big money, you know, cause they've got, you know, three houses and two ex-wives that they're paying alimony to and everything else. So you got, they got to be rich. And of course, you know, the people that run the insurance companies, they're skimming off the top (laughs) and getting extremely wealthy. Now, go downtown, any big city, and look at the biggest uh, buildings there. And they're either owned by banks or insurance companies, nine times out of ten. The whole thing is a big scam. And guess what? You, me, everybody else, well the people that utilize those systems are nothing more than fodder for it. You know, we're the ATM for the MDs and the insurance companies. And whenever they need more money, what do they do come up with something new to scare the populace with, so that they'll rush to their doctor and ask if this drug with 42 different side effects is right for me. <laughs> Only don't play that game. You know, it's, it's unbelievable, but I'll tell you what, they try and suck into it any chance they can, you know, try and go out there and get a job working for a big company today and all the paperwork that you got to fill out. That's designed to suck you into the slavery system. A free person will find it very, very difficult to get a job and, not perjure themselves filling out the paperwork for employment. It's absolutely disgusting. I just went through this with my wife. She got a new job uh, with the same big company that she was working for a year ago for the last 30 some years, and but a different hospital. And uh, all the paperwork they want you to fill out is online, so it can't be modified. And I flat told her, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the documents, I'm going to modify them properly, fill them out, and you're going to hand carry them in and give them to them. And you, if they ask why you didn't do it online, you just tell them I can't because they're signed under penalty of perjury. And if I filled those things out and signed them without being able to modify them, I would be perjuring myself and I will not do that. But the whole thing is designed to suck you into the slavery system to drag you into taxation and everything else. And they purposely leave out the options that allow someone not to be in that system. Something you have every right to do. You have every right to be a free American and not pay into the, you know, the taxation system. If you know what you're doing, but the forms they give you will are designed to drag you right back in. So anyway, so much for that. Well, let's take a look at some of the things going on in the news. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Love this washed up Hollywood. Nobody Sean Penn say it's time for unvaccinated people to be imprisoned. Hmm. Six years after appearing as a voiceover character in the angry birds movie, 62 year old Sean Penn appeared with extra to offer up his expertise on COVID injections. As you might expect, the wash up Hollywood what's-his-face believes that the deadly shot should be mandatory. And those who refuse them, thrown in jail. When asked by the extra interviewer how he feels about growing pre- prevalence of anti-vaccine rhetoric, Penn responded that he believes those who oppose getting injected with big pharma chemicals are suffering from a cowardice of conviction. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think that is an unwillingness to engage in a culture of common sense, a makeup covered pen rattled from the director's chair. That at this point, it seems criminal to me, actually. I'd love to have that schmuck on this show to talk to him. Sean Penn says people who are unvaccinated are basically criminals who should stay at home and not have jobs. Let's see if uh, I think this Close is a bit- through your mind when you hear a lot of the anti-vaccine rhetoric um it, it's it's a cowardice of conviction I, I think that it is an unwillingness to engage in a culture of common sense uh, that at this point it seems criminal to me actually i, I really feel that um that, that that if someone chooses not to be vaccinated that they should choose to stay home not go to work not have a job these you know as, as long as we're all paying for these streets we got to ride safely on them and so I'm just hopeful that the mindset will change. And it started. We know that it's, this really started with
1: leadership voids, and now I think that there are some examples of leadership that are being helpful with it. Uh, but we really got
2: to get everyone else, every every everybody on the same page. And I think the CDC should be much more clear. That was on December 18th. <laughs> Man. What a moron. And again, you know, this is people who are touting the party line, who have done absolutely no research whatsoever, and are basing what they're doing on that four-letter word, fear. Why should he care if he's been vaccinated And vaccines work. Why should he care about somebody who doesn't want to get vaccinated? If all the rhetoric, all the propaganda is correct, which we know it's not, but if it was and that's what they believe, then there should be no problem with someone choosing to be unvaccinated because it affects only them. And then they have, well, their get-out-of-jail-free card on that one is, well, there are other people who can't take the vaccines for one other reason or another, and you're directly affecting them and possibly making them sick. Well, again, that's considering the lie of asymptomatic carrying or transmission where you don't have symptoms, you're not sick, but somehow or another you can make somebody else sick, which has never happened. But that's the lie that they push. And to that, I say, prove it. Prove to me that any person who is not symptomatic and sick, or better yet, prove to me that someone was sick, ever made somebody else sick who wasn't. Until you do that, you got no leg to stand on. And we know it's not going to happen because they've been trying to prove that germ theory for years, decades. And they've never been able to do it. Over 100 years ago, they were trying to do that with the so-called Spanish flu and couldn't. They basically disproved the theory themselves in in the process of trying to prove it. And then you've got this idiot, probably has an IQ of about 75. Talks slowly so he can sound intelligent when actually he's trying to get his words lined up. And basically, he makes his living on the First Amendment. Basically being able to say and do whatever he wants on screen for money. But at the same time, he waves that banner in one hand and craps on it with the other. I have rights, but you don't. I have the right to say and do anything I want, as stupid as it can be. And I agree, he does. But at the same time, you don't have the right to bodily autonomy. You don't have the right to make decisions for yourself because he's smarter and he knows what's best for you. And you shouldn't be able to have a job. And you shouldn't be able to come out of your house because the brilliant Sean Penn talking about common sense who has no common sense. Otherwise, he would realize the idiocy of his argument. I'm injected, so if you're not, you're making me unsafe. There is no common sense around that at all. (laughs) Hence again, I say, what a moron. I really feel that if someone chooses not to be vaccinated, that they should choose to stay home, he said. Not go to work, not have a job. As long as we're all paying for these streets, we've got to ride safely on them. (laughs) Well, guess what, bub? I hope you got the real jabs and not the placebos. So we won't have to listen to your brilliance for the next, you know, within the next few years. You'll just be one more of these died suddenly statistics. All these people out here that were saying how stupid we are for not taking the jabs. The next thing you know, Oh, well, so-and-so died suddenly. Cause unknown. Hmm. Yep. The sooner those statistics increase, the more kind of sooner the level of common sense will increase. And so I'm just hopeful that the mindset will change. Sean Penn thinks that opposing vaccines means you lack imagination and understanding of anything that's helpful to the human race. Well, on the other hand, Most of the people that refuse to take these things have done a boatload of research and know how dangerous they are. And then the people that take them and espouse the, the virtues of vaccination have done no research. They just believe the, the lying propaganda coming out of Fauci and company. And we're supposed to think you're wise and take your advice? <laughs> well Penn says he is encouraged by the fact that the current leadership, <laughs> what leadership? I'm talking about president poopy pants. Presumably the Biden regime seems to be on board with maintaining unquestioning allegiance to the vaccine industry and its wares. He worries that not everyone is on the same page. Thank God. <laughs> if everybody was on that page, the book would burn. Penn is never shy about his uh, love for vaccines, having appeared numerous times in the past to advocate for their becoming mandatory. Well, screw you, John Penn. This is one of those things that should be mandatory, Penn declared in the past, comparing vaccine injections to a driver's license, another thing that is totally unlawful, that everyone should have to get in order to live. No. Unless you are operating on the roads for commercial purposes, you don't need a driver's license. Another lie that people have been taught. Resistance its just based on a certain kind of lack of imagination and understanding of anything that's helpful to the human race. Oh, the greater good. Sounds like a real communist there. I've become very frustrated by that. He told Yahoo Entertainment last year. But I can only work within my own bounds and say that for me, it should be mandatory. Well, for you, that's your choice. But for other people, it should not. Because other people have rights to make their own choices. Penn's latest statement came on the heels of new scientific study revealing that the vast majority of people testing positive for COVID and later dying are those who got injected with at least the first round of primary shots. Many of them were also boosted before they perished. Yeah, check that common sense. The people who are getting sick and dying are all the ones that got the shots. So everybody should get them so more people can get sick and die. Right, Sean? We can no longer say this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated since Cynthia Cox, vice president of the Kaiser Family Foundation, following the release of the study. Perhaps, excuse me, perhaps Penn missed the memo about this study before getting his face painted with appearing on entertainment news. Or perhaps he is simply a vaccine zealot who believes that all others should be forced at gunpoint to convert to his religion. I'd go with that one. Time to send actors that fly to war zones and pick up orphans and smuggle them back to California for ritual sex abuse, the jail, and the execution room, one commenter wrote. Referring to allegations that Penn and other actors are not-so-secret pedophiles. Angelina Jolie flew over there also to make an appearance, and Bed Stiller suggested another. Loads of babies in the cargo hull of their pro corporate jets. Good grief. Idiots. Idiots, idiots, idiots. Let's see here. Let's see if there's anything else. Ah. Vaccinants or vax, vaxicarditis, vaccinants, and vaximentia all to increase. Oh, I hate these pop ups! All to increase uh, thanks to Wuhan spike protein boosters and toxic seasonal flu shots. Clots are clumps that occur when a liquid hardens or coagulates into a solid. The mRNA COVID injections give instructions to human cells to create millions, if not billions, of microscopic spike proteins, or prions, that are now realized by science to have the ability to attract heavy metals and coagulate or clot in a vascular system. We will pick up on the other side of the break as soon as we get back in three minutes. Don't go away. We'll have more your DIY health coming up.
1: Turn on your TV and all you ever see is ask your doctor if it's right for you and me. So when you ask your doctor, what do you think he'll say? Of course it's right, you dummy. Let's get you hooked on it today. Wake up, you're being screwed. Pharmaceutical drug guys can be so rude. They don't care if you live or you die. Long as they get their piece of pie. Mm,
2: my, my, my. And we are back with the last segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. And uh, lots of stuff going on in the chat room. The guys are yakking it up and making a lot of good points. Um, they agree. Sean Penn's a hypocrite <laughs> and a moron. And the thing that gets me is the people that hang on every word from idiots like Sean Penn or whoever you want to, you know, even, uh, what's her chops, uh, Jennifer Aniston. I used to have the biggest crush on her when friends first started. Oh my goodness. And then, you know, most, most people in Hollywood are poster children for the saying, you know it's it's one thing to be keep your mouth shut and be thought a fool but it's another to open your mouth and remove all doubt and that's 99% of people you know exceptions like James Woods and uh, in some cases Mel Gibson and a few others um but for the mass the vast majority because they're they know if they don't out the the party line they're not going to be able to work in that industry you know James Wood's not going to get a job acting anytime soon because he tells the truth and anyone else you know unless they're rich enough to fund their own productions like Mel Gibson did with uh, the Passion of the Christ you know not going to work and even then if you put put out a production, if you can get anybody to, uh, actually, you know, put it into their theaters and that kind of thing, because they're controlled too. So you, they're in a position where they, they're saying what they're saying. Many times they probably believe in anyway cause they're idiots, but they have to, if they want to keep working, especially for a, a mental midget, like Sean Penn. Um, it's just, it's sad. But anyway, most people think blood clots uh, when they hear the word clot, but corners and, and embalmers are finding strange white rubbery clots in vaccine, COVID vaccine bodies. And these fibrous clots are just as deadly, if not more so, than blood clots. These injection-induced clots are driving massive inflammation in the body, collecting in the cleansing organs, invading ovaries, uh, and even spreading into the heart and the brain. What happens when a few billion sheeple start getting COVID boosters loaded with more spike proteins and influenza flu shots, which come uh, contain mercury and uh, listed as thimerosal on the multi-dose jabs? Heart attacks, strokes, seizures, and dementia can't all be blamed on sudden adult de- death syndrome forever, as the truth is clotting up and re- rearing its ugly head. Nearly every chronic health issue that anyone suffers seems to be exacerbated by the spike protein invasion that comes from the incessant prions created by the mRNA jabs. People who already have certain cancers, such as T-cell lymphoma, are experiencing turbo cancer, where tumors suddenly grow at exponential rates. Even people who are perfectly healthy, like military members and professional athletes, are suffering suddenly from myocarditis, pericarditis, irregular heartbeats, and heart attacks. Many folks are experiencing clots in their vascular system that don't even resemble blood clots. Who can explain this horrific horrific phenomenon that's happening to healthy people who get the Fauci flu clot shots? These are not blood clots, but rather clots that have compounded with long stringy white elastic structures that contain heavy metals somehow collected from the body and the blood. A seasoned embalmer who ran autopsies on bodies that were COVID injected distinguished these vaccine-induced clots as being very different from blood clots, saying typically a blood clot is smooth. It is, a bl- it is blood that's coagulated together. But when you squeeze it or touch it or try to pick it up, it generally falls apart. You can almost squeeze between your fingers and almost get it back to into blood again but with this white fibrous stuff is pretty strong. It's not weak at all. Are these clots inside most of the COVID injection masses and growing slowly? How many, well, good question to ask Sean. How many people will drop dead or have heart attacks or strokes or seizures soon from these? And will the cases increase rapidly this winter when all these vax crazed folks get boosters and toxic flu shots? Hey, yeah, Sean, make sure you get your flu shot this year. Get the uh, uh, bivalent one. Vaxicarditis, vaccinants, and vaximentia. Problems with the heart that are related to the spike protein injections are now being referred to as vaxicarditis. (laughs) When people have sudden episode and faint or pass out while driving a vehicle because the spike proteins clot their blood and oxygen flow to the brain, those incidents are becoming named vaccidents and there've been a lot of those they just sort of drive off the road for no apparent reason people who were perfectly healthy before they got any covid gene therapy stabs and now are experiencing severe brain fog memory loss and drastic change of personality are being referred to as having vaccementia oh boy <laughs> At least two dozen coroners and embalmers have reported finding these white, rubbery clots inside bodies that have received at least one COVID clot shot. They are reporting that some bodies are flooded with these stringy structures, including in their organs and ovaries. And this is in over 70 percent of the bodies being embalmed. Yeah, because most of them been jabbed. Freaky stuff. But if we don't want to take the jab and we don't want to have these things growing in us, we're not good people, according to Sean Penn. And we should be in prison. Trying to save herself. Liana Wen changes her tune to WAPO, to new WAPO article. (laughs) Now says COVID jabs are dangerous and shouldn't be mandatory. She can go take a long walk off a short pier. Right along with Mr. Penn. Great, great Britain becomes the great replacement as forced Islami- Islamization reaches point of no return. Eek. Four reasons to take vitamin B3. <laughs> Let's see here. <laughs> Vladimir Zelensky plays our corrupt elites like a fennel. No kidding. New study claims unvaccinated more likely to crash cars. Crit- critics find call finding a joke. Yeah. New study claims unvaccinated more likely to crash cars. Bull crap. <laughs> uh, people who choose not to get injected against COVID-19 face a substantially higher risk of getting in a car crash than injected people. Probably because the injected people are the ones that are crashing into them, but the uh, people running things won't. You know, put those statistics out. This could justify in higher insurance rates for the uninjected, according to a study published this month in the American Journal of Medicine. Oh, of course. The study didn't find that being unvaccinated causes traffic accidents. Instead, the researchers postulated that there is a psychological reason why vaccine-hesitant people might also neglect basic road safety guidelines. Oh, give me a break. John Campbell, Ph.D., a nurse educator and comedian and political commentator, Russell Brand, were among the critics who took issue uh, with the study, citing its flaws and questioning the motives behind doing such a study. Others were more blunt. Norman Fenton, Ph.D., a professor of risk information management at Queen Mary London University, accused the Journal of publishing a study in stupidity. (laughs) Dr. Vinay Prasad, hematologist oncologist at the University of California San Francisco, tweeted: "This also repeats the dumb idea, idea that primary care doctors should should specially counsel unvaccinated people about driving. How stupid! Will that lower accidents? Pure speculation. This only tells you that MMWR OBS studies are a uh, ver." People who skip the, their COVID vaccines are higher risk. of Anyway, uh, some of the no are poop. <laughs> I missed the little emoji thing. But uh, research to investigate a correlation, uh, not causation. The study's authors analyze encrypted government data from 178 Ontario medical centers and more than 11.2 million residents of the province of whom 84% had received a COVID-19 jab and 16% had not as of July 31, 2021. Among the study cohort, 6,682 people needed emergency care because they were involved in a serious car accident either as a driver, a passenger, or a pedestrian during a one-month period the researchers analyzed. Uninjected people accounted for 25% of the traffic accidents 1682 cases meaning that they had 70 had 72% increased risk of accidents relative to those who had taken the jab how are they coming up with those numbers when researchers adjusted for other variables such as age sex socioeconomic status and other medical conditions the relative r- increased risk for the uninjected dropped to 48% Researchers said their findings are significant because a relative risk of this magnitude exceeds the safety gains from modern automobile engineering advances and also imposes risk on other road users. This is clearly a case that they're trying to do anything they can to demonize the uninjected and make them pay more or get off the roads or whatever the case might be. What a bunch of bull! although the authors noted that study did not investigate or demonstrate any causal link between being uninjected and risky driving they proposed several possible causes yeah they're speculating (laughs) blowing smoke out their butts from a correlation they found they uh, thought that there could be a distrust of government or belief in freedom that contributes to both vaccination preferences and increased traffic risks oh give me a break other explanations, and the researcher said, might be misconceptions of everyday risks, faith in natural protection, antipathy towards regulation, chronic poverty, exposure to misinformation, insufficient resources, or other personal beliefs. <laughs> the authors conducted that COVID inject, uh, concluded that COVID injection hesitancy is associated with significant increased risk of a traffic crash, and awareness of these risks might help to encourage more COVID injection. Maybe the same people who don't take the jabs, don't take them because they believe in bodily autonomy and personal liberty. But that doesn't mean they're going to be any less cautious when they're on the roads, you know, because they believe in personal accountability and personal responsibility so why on earth would they be more careless and potentially put themselves in a position where they and not their insurance company would have to pay somebody for doing damages to them? In other words, this is ludicrous. The researchers did not address numerous limitations in the data they presented. According to Campbell, who provided a full analysis of the study, and there's a link there. I'll put this in the chat room for anybody that wants to see it. Uh, <laughs> Crazy, crazy stuff. Um, The obvious response is to say that, uh, well, this is ludicrous, but it is. (laughs) But the evidence needs to be unpacked, said Campbell, an expert on injection administration. During the study period, the uninjected were more likely to drive and therefore at higher risk for accidents. Yet the study did not account for differences in miles driven. In Canada, for much of 2021, uninjected people could not use public transportation, which would have compelled them to drive more. Essential workers in non-healthcare settings who had to commute to work lived in neighborhoods with higher rates of COVID-19 and lower injection rates. Injected people were more likely to work remotely or be retired. Contrary to the study's implication that people uh, in accidents were practicing risky driving, most cases were actually passengers or pedestrians. Of the 6,682 crashes, only 2,856 of those cases were drivers. 1,189 were passengers and 2,637 were pedestrians whose accidents did not result from their driving practices. Campbell reported that the study classified people as unvaccinated for 14 days after vaccination. Oh, there you go. So somebody could have a vaccine, and because it was within 14 days after being injected, they are considered uninjected. Typical. I bet a lot of them were those. Given that the study lasted only a month, uninjected people could have been characterized as uninjected, for up to half of the study. If 602 people were misclassified in this way, the difference between the two groups disappears. (laughs) All deaths at the scene were excluded. Oh, so if you had a uh, Vaxicardiac arrest (laughs) and died, you're not part of the system or the study. If a cardiac or other event, possibly vaccine-related, caused the accident, it was not included in the study, Campbell said. Oh, yeah, let's just take out all the things that might swing it the other way. Major statistical flaws make, up a, make study a joke. In a Twitter thread, uh, Dr. Claire Craig with the U.K.'s Queens College, University of Oxford, called the study a joke, pointed to major statistical flaws. The researchers undercounted unvaccinated people because they compared two sets of data – the number of people who went to the hospital after an, an accident, and the number of people in the government uh, vaccination database. They did not account for unvaccinated people who are not in the government vaccination database. Craig said, undercounting uh, unvaccinated people skewed the numbers, so it appears that the unvaccinated people were at consistently higher risk for every condition they measured for. <laughs> Oh, good grief. Let's see here. Dr. Claire Craig on Twitter. uh, You still see an increased risk of people with dementia who are not vaccinated uh, and highly likely to have been pedestrians. You also see a lower risk for the old, those with diseases of the old and those who had covid Using their same methodology, you could estimate that the unvaccinated had a higher rate of anything, giving to charity, recycling, buying the most Christmas presents, <laughs> whatever you want when the levels are actually the same because the denominator is artificially small. Health data and the rise of biodigital surveillance. Ooh, goody. Here we go. According to the study footnotes, researchers assessed a large governmental data, data set held at the Institute for Clinical Evaluative Sciences, which they used to analyze risk by correlating vaccination status with socioeconomic information, detailed healthcare records, and other data. All the stuff that people shouldn't have on you. <laughs> they concluded that the, obs- the observed risk might also justify changes to driver insurance policies in the future. According to a recent investigation by ProPublica, Health insurance companies are increasingly collecting vast amounts of information to determine insurance costs on an individual basis. Another reason I don't have insurance. (laughs) ProPublica reported with little public scrutiny, the health insurance industry has joined forces with data brokers to vacuum up personal details about hundreds of millions of Americans, including, odds are, many readers of this story. (laughs) The companies are tracking your race, education level, TV habits, marital status, net worth. They're collecting what you post on social media, whether you're behind on your bills, what you order online. When they uh, feed this information into complicated computer algorithms that spit out predictions about how much your health care could cost them. Companies outside, I should be able to get health insurance for nothing then. (laughs) because <laughs> companies outside the narrow scope of health insurance portability and accountability act or hipaa which prohibits healthcare providers from disclosing protected patient information from data brokers to period tracking apps can all uh, can can and do legally sell people's health related information from information about their surgical procedures to their health uh, mental health conditions These practices can help the industry boost profits by avoiding coverage of for sick people, but they are also part of a broader trend towards digital surveillance and control through the mass collection of people's personal data and the creation of digital IDs. Plans for digital IDs have been in the works for several years, but they've gained traction during the pandemic. Good grief! The ID 2020 Alliance, founded in 2016. With seed money from Microsoft Accenture, PricewaterhouseCoopers, the Rockefeller Foundation, Cisco, and Gavi, vaccine alliance founded by the Gates Foundation, claims to advocate in favor of ethical, privacy-protecting approaches to digital ID. No such thing. With the mission of providing digital IDs for people worldwide, yeah, and with them in control of all of them by 2030. Digital IDs would be tied to biometric data, demographic information, medical records, education data, financial data, and more, and could be turned on or turned off at the whim of the people running things. That's my extra add-on there. This year, Bill Gates announced $200 million more funding for digital ID projects globally. Even prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, these organizations advocated for using health and immunization records as a way to scale up digital IDs, an idea they also promoted at the World Economic Forum in Davos. Governments have already begun to use people's data, health data to manipulate their behavior. In January, Quebec announced that it was planned to place a significant health tax on unvaccinated people. During the pandemic, vaccine passports were widely required for access to public spaces. Last month, leaders of the group of 20, or G20, issued a joint declaration promoting a global standard on on proof of vaccination for international travel and calling on uh, for the establishment of global digital health networks that build on existing digital COVID-19 vaccine passport schemes. That sucks. Vaccine passports, digital identities, social credit systems, and central bank digital currencies together can form a system of digital control Computer scientist Aman Jabi explained in a recent interview with Z Media: "Such a system depends on data collected through surveillance cameras, smart devices, and the increasing use of biometric data for everyday transactions." According to Brand, this is why it is all the more concerning that we are seeing that we are seeing again through the process of commerce and convenience. New technology introduced that will give centralized big tech resources such as uh, which, as you know, are deeply interpreted or interpolated with political and government agencies, the ability to garner more of your data. Warning about the conditions of the study, he continued in. So in a sense, you could see how a story saying that people who didn't get vaccinated are causing car crashes. While there are new investigations into the efficacy of those vaccines that were, as I recall, quite aggressively pushed, uh, means that we uh, oughtn't be uh, marching open-hearted with our trousers down into the arms of data capture organizations, even if they are saying that they are ultimately going to offer us other services. There is enough evidence to suggest that these big tech platforms and data capture giants cooperate in coordination with the government to push an agenda that is not beneficial to anybody but themselves. Imagine that. And what does it do? More control of the masses. And if you don't get a shot, you're more likely to have a car crash. Let's throw a little more fear into it. Yep. Good grief. Oh, man. Man. Hundreds of thousands of parents in the U.S. having their children kidnapped by the state at a rate that doubled in six years. Mm -mm, mm -mm -mm. Innocence destroyed. Graphic content. Kelsey Smith Biggs, a two-year-old, murdered after nine months of documented abuse while her real dad was in Iraq. Battered to death in the guardianship of CPS. Two-year-old baby. ProPublica teamed up with NBC News to publish an investigation into families who lose their parental rights through the child welfare system and often never get their children back. The title of the report is The Death Penalty of Child Welfare. In six months or less, some parents lose their kids forever. Put that in the chat room. Good heavens. The focus of their investigation was the length of time it took before the state terminated parental rights. Again, why does the state have any authority whatsoever over the rights between the parents and the children? Because you engaged in unconscionable contracts, first through marriage licenses and then through birth certificates, making the state a party to those Groups or things, whatever institutions based mainly on a 1997 law passed by President Bill Clinton, the Adoption and Safe Families Act, as we have published many times over the years uh, on our medicalkidnap.com website, this law released federal funding that actually encourages states to take children away from their families rather than encourage safe families. And while the Clintons are usually blamed for this horrendous law, it was the Republican-led Congress under Newt Gingrich that passed this law and delivered it to President Clinton to sign. So the guilt extends to both political parties, as usual. And that's it. We're out of time. Good grief. We'll be back uh, Thursday. Same bad time, same bad channel. Take care, everybody. This is the only place to have your live. We'll see you soon.